0: It's the Blanco Table.
1: With special, special guest Keena. Hey, what's up you guys? I'm Blanco. Welcome or welcome back to the Blanco Takeover where we talk shit and swallow spit. I'm here with Kina from the narc in the dark and talking about doing this. So Kina say hi. Hi guys. So Kina is one of my really good friends. Like we've been talking about doing this podcast for a long ass minute now. And honestly, Mm -hmm. this is full circle for us. Um, just because she was one of the few people that I shared this podcast with at the very beginning, all my ideas, all my crazy topics that I was going to talk about, and she fully came through and supported everything that I was doing, and we're here, guys, finally, for episode number 10. uh, For this episode, we're going to be talking about lies and manipulation, and... (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna give uh kina a little introduction so i hope you guys can hear us perfectly fine we are doing this through online so i hope you guys can hear us perfectly fine but we're gonna take it right to the beginning to how we even met i did talk about kina in my very last episode in episode nine and i have her podcast linked in the bio as well So make sure you guys check that out. But we're going to take it back to our roots, I guess, where we met and stuff. So we did start off working together and I did end up training her at one point. Do you even remember, Kina, like what it was like?
0: Yes, I remember. You were basically really shy. Um,
1: Oh my God. So
0: was I because I had no idea what I was doing. But you were super professional, super nice, like... We had great conversation from the very beginning during mm-hmm. training and everything. So, mm-hmm. and I remember you asking me if I had kids or how many kids I have.
1: Right, yeah, because <laughs> everybody, like everybody at work, like, at, I don't know, for some reason, like, everybody got, like, six kids, so I just wanted to know, <laughs> like, if you had kids or not. But oh, no I, there, kids yet. But there was one thing that I wanted to talk about, so I don't know if you remember, but when we fir- when i first met you uh, we did have like those moments where we would do like small talks and stuff like that while i was training you but we never had like that actual like connection i guess at the very beginning uh we were more mm-hmm. so like coworkers we weren't really friends at the time Right. But um I don't know if you remember but it wasn't until I think we were working together at one point and I don't I don't even know how we came across each other. I think we, we were working in the same aisle or something at work and you were you were asking me for advice cuz that's one thing Kina does and she's going to ask somebody for advice <laughs> and she yeah. loves that feedback and I love that about her because she's always like trying to figure out like what's the best option for her with things yeah like that that was pretty cool and i wanted to think back to that moment i was just like okay i feel confident in telling her my business because you know at that very moment you were telling me what was going on in your relationship and you were one of the few people that i did come out to at work so Mm -hmm. i just wanted to hear what your reaction was to that (laughs) Well,
0: first of all, the way we started talking, I remember is because you gave me and one of your other trainees your phone number. And so we could call you with questions like pertaining to work. (laughs) And during the time I was like going through a lot and... I just remember telling you everything, like open book, nothing, you know, off limits or whatever. Because I don't know, you just strike me as a real cool person, somebody that's like non judgmental, very nice, and <laughs> stuff like that. So I just felt super comfortable with you. And then suddenly we just started talking about each other's like relationships, and it probably took us like. Weeks later, like a few weeks after training or whatever, and I remember you were banning. I think we maybe we both got sent out to bend or something. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, having a conversation in the house on the phone. And then when you told me, I don't know, I just didn't, I didn't feel any way. I didn't feel <laughs> anything because I guess the only thing that really just ran through my mind was, oh, okay, like, you know, because it's not like you're a parent, like, you just didn't strike me as, like, flamboyant or oh, anything. Dang. So it was like, I, you know, I just never would have known if you hadn't told me.
1: So I just would have like, okay. You
0: know, it was just like, whatever. <laughs> so, oh,
1: my God. Yeah. Okay, well, real, recognize real. And I I got that same energy from you, honestly. Like, you really struck me as somebody that, you know, is very confidential. Even though you were trying to get, like, people's opinions on what was going on at your life at the time. But you just gave me that vibe. And I, in that moment, I felt like I had to share that with you. Because I was also going through stuff, like, relationship-wise. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to share that with you because I did want to connect with you in that way. But I think what really got me (laughs) was (laughs) when we started talking even more and you were uh, telling me this story about how you had a boyfriend at the time and he was like way older than you or something like that. Picking up a TV from your ex's house that you did not Mm -hmm. want to pick up. If you could tell us about that a little bit. (laughs)
0: Okay. So... Yes, I was dating this guy that was much older than me. And the way we met was he was he was my teacher in high school. Mm-hmm. And this man is like three decades older than me.
1: Literally. And,
0: literally. <laughs> and we were involved for seven years in a intimate relationship. And then like a lot of red flags happened throughout that seven years And fair enough, um, constantly, but it just reached a head. Like when I turned 30, like I had an epiphany and that's when stuff started becoming clear to me. And, you know, the more stuff he did toward the end of our relationship, you know, I, it was just like, I was fed up. And Mm -hmm. so finally, you know, some things took place, and I finally was like, no, I'm done. Like, you can really just go to hell.
1: So, all the way to hell. All the way to hell. (laughs) With gasoline panties on. (laughs) Yes.
0: literally you need to put some (laughs) panties on because you're acting like a bitch right anyway so the day that everything just went down i left his house abruptly after living there for about three years i just you know packed up my stuff and left immediately and it had to be like six or seven o'clock in the morning at that point and that's Mm -hmm. when all the confrontation happened and everything and in the midst of me leaving i left behind a lot of valuable things including my 55 inch lg smart tv (laughs) and (laughs) and so i went to my best friend's house like she let me um stay there and it's crazy how everything lined up because she was going out of town And she had already asked me to watch her house And her dog and everything Before mm-hmm. any of this popped off Like I had no idea This this was ever going to happen You know it just kind of lined up And the same, the very day that I confronted him And you know I got the hell out of there I ended up going to her house And you know of course It was just a situation where Girl I need to stay here for a minute Until I get my shit together <laughs> So <laughs> in the midst of me you know staying there i realized that damn like i don't have my tv mm-hmm. and you know during the time, I didn't give a damn about the TV. Like I just cut it as a loss. I was, I was just like, you know, fuck that TV and everything. Mm, I loved that was over that there.
1: pride.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I don't care. Like yeah. I don't want to see you or your family again. Like I'm done. Mm-hmm. And that included my passport. Like all oh, kinds shit. of stuff got left there. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, like, I, how am I gonna get my stuff? And so I, you know, I was coming to you and, you know, for advice and everything. Cause
1: I don't know if you remember, but I was bawling, like crying for days. Right. Like, and I, I remember people in the warehouse, I think they were like <laughs> even talking about like this story yeah. and I was like, how the hell did they know? Like, I was just like, yeah. what the hell?
0: Yeah. I was just, I was in a really, really bad place. I just remember crying uncontrollably cause I just didn't know what to do and because basically my whole life just got swept from under me like I didn't have a place to stay anymore I didn't have a car because my car got totaled so I was in mm-hmm. the middle of a you know a case like a vehicle wreck and stuff like that so I yeah, was just you had a lot to get going on. settlement yeah I didn't have much money because I was like renting I was renting a vehicle to get back and forth to work so mm-hmm. You know, I just had to figure everything out. So I lost everything, basically, and I had to start from scratch. Right. So the way I, you know, came about getting my TV, basically, my judo brothers, like the people I grew up doing judo with, they found out about it and asked me what was going on. And, you know, I'm like, how do you even know? So, mm-hmm. basically, the narc,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, got, was trying to get ahead of the situation. So, he contacted everybody we knew before I could
1: so that he could get his story on out there. All and right. so, and that, you know that's, that's one of the traits a narcissist does. Yep, and yep, Keenan's so. gonna tell y'all all about that during the podcast. <laughs> yes, so he
0: basically was calling all his friends and stuff, and everybody we knew, and basically telling them his side or whatever he wanted them to believe. And a couple of the more mature ones called me and was like, you know, some of this don't make sense. Like, mm-hmm. I need you to to clear this up because you know basically some of his story was just contradicting himself and i don't know so i guess it didn't make sense so they wanted me to clarify things for them Mm -hmm. so i was you know i basically told them what what was up and one of them volunteered to go over there and get you know my stuff like a lot of my stuff but a lot of stuff still got left because he refused to give it to them or whatever Mm -hmm. because i guess he was just upset because i basically was done done and yeah when he realized that that's when he started playing petty petty yeah. baby.
1: he he didn't want so. you to leave because he knew that if you left you're gonna tell the whole story about what went down and <laughs> yeah as you and guys you know what hear.
0: you know what i i was not planning to do that i didn't plan on telling anybody mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm It wasn't until he decided to go out and start blabbing his mouth to everybody and then they started coming to me and asking me what's going on. Mm -hmm. So it was really him that put it out there. So since you want to put out lies, I'm just going to have to tell the truth, you know? Right. So that's basically how that happened.
1: The reason I asked you to tell this story was because, you guys, when I first heard her talk about this... I was just like, this girl is lying. Like, what is she talking about? Because I don't know if you guys ever had, like, people in your life. Like, even, like, friends, shit. They'll tell you, like, a story about something. And then you're just like, yeah, like, whatever. Like, that shit just goes right over your head. Like, you're just like, this chick is lying. Like, especially, like, nowadays, you know, people get into relationships. And then they, like, break Mm -hmm. up and get back together. So, because at the time, we weren't on that level to, like, That we knew each other like that Like I was just like Oh this girl is just It's just whatever Like she's gonna get back With her boyfriend next week Or whatever Right Yeah
0: (laughs) no Hell no Like I can see how it would sound Mm -hmm. Like a lie because it's so far fetched. It is. It is. What person my age is involved with somebody three decades older than them, and Mm -hmm. then on top of that, just like, oh, we're having a fight, but no, this is like the stuff I was telling him. It was just unbelievable. (laughs) Right. So I, I, I totally get it. I get
1: it. And especially another thing I want to point out. I don't know if I can say this. We can cut it out if you want. But one thing that. Had me like no, like this is a damn lie, because <laughs> the first thing she told me was he had like seven or eight girlfriends all across uh, the U.S. and I was yeah. just like what? And she was yeah. telling me how he was going around like to, from state to state City before, state? yep, before coming down to her, and she was scared that she might have caught something like
0: yeah. So oh my
1: god. <laughs>
0: About that, so I'm pretty sure I told you, like, I used to travel back and forth to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So who the hell do you know that just goes back and forth from Georgia to Hawaii? Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I can see how that's... Because, you know, a lot of people just dream of going to Hawaii. They never, you know, they either get there or it's like a dream vacation or something like that. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like... A thing like, oh yeah, we're going to Hawaii today, like you know, right, so that was that, and so I was in Georgia, and then, so he is from here, mm-hmm. and he moved to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. okay for a supposed job mm-hmm. <laughs> that fell through as soon as he got over there surprisingly mm-hmm. but not surprisingly coincidentally because <laughs> Co- coincidentally exactly so he got over there and then all of a sudden so i'm like okay since the job fell through why don't you just come here where you actually have a home and you're able to get a job you know what i'm saying right. so it's just kind of weird why you would stay over there with nothing basically right so basically, starting from scratch all the way across the country, the country you across the country with nothing. So I just <laughs> didn't understand that. But now everything makes sense. The math is math, y'all. The math is definitely math. So basically, when he decided to come back here for a break or whatever. Instead of coming straight back here like he told me he was, he was like, oh, I'm coming back. You know, it could be three days. It could be four. You you don't know because I'm trying to surprise you type thing. But really what was going on is he flew from there to Texas where his other bitch was and spent oh however gosh. long he was going to spend there. And you know, basically it was just up in the air when he was going to come back to Georgia. So telling me like, Oh, it's a surprise, you know, knowing that, Oh, I don't know when I'm coming back because, you know, I just want to spend a few days with this woman. Mm-mm. So that's how, that's how he worked that out. So <laughs> when he finally got back to Georgia, you know, I had already had my suspicions cause it was like, why are you being so sneaky? Like, you know, why right. can't you just tell me, the day you was coming back or you know you should know your flight like exactly. anybody that books a flight would know like what day they're coming or what i didn't understand the surprise factor like mm-hmm. you know who are you
1: <laughs> right but and i want to point out another thing like that really proves like how not just how naive you are but how anybody can be because this shit can happen to anybody especially like me like when she was sharing this story with me if y'all listen to my podcast like i'm naive as hell too so this shit would have (laughs) gone right over my head i was like i would have been like oh you know he's just he he doesn't know his flights like it's just whatever
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and um so basically when he got back i saw the little delta tag on his suitcases i was trying to figure out where did he come from you know what i'm saying because how you left hawaii on this day but you're here on this day you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. you had a layover somewhere but why were you there for days you know Not, what i'm saying it just yeah. it, it just didn't make sense to me i'm just like what do you expect me to believe like i guess he just thought i was <laughs> dumb or maybe he was just dumb i don't know i don't oh i really don't God. even know
1: so Tina was telling me like all these stories um she was remembering like little bits and pieces of like what went on with him when she stayed at his uh, family's house and everything Mm -hmm. like that and one of the things that you said that kind of shocked me too is how you basically manifested the relationship with him so can you because again remember y'all this was her teacher she's talking Mm -hmm. about her former teacher So can you take us back to like him in school, like how you, when you first met him and stuff like that? Yeah. So,
0: okay. So at Narc in the Dark, I have this episode. My very first episode is called Crushing in the Classroom. And basically the day, the first day that he walked into class, I had a crush on him. It was like a crush at first sight type thing. And I don't know if it was just his charisma, or whatever. Because I mean, he's not the most attractive man in the world anymore. But and I was just head over heels for him. I don't know. He was just this older guy that was very fit and in shape and stuff like that. And I was very well spoken, smart, educated. Just seemed, you know, to have a little swag and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I had a crush on him. So basically I used to walk around the school saying that he was my man. Like I literally was saying this man was my man, he just manifesting. Don't know it yet. <laughs> yep. I was like, That's my man, he just don't know it yet. And this happened like all year round, all school year. <laughs> so basically my fellow classmates and friends and stuff like that they used to tease me about it and I didn't want him to know that I had a crush on him so I used to tell them like y'all need to chill like I don't want him to know because I didn't want the dynamic of our you know relationship to to shift like to where he started being standoffish and stuff Mm -hmm. but he treated me like I was his favorite student like Mm, he was playing those mind
1: games
0: Yep. as the school year progressed um it was like he treated me like we really got really close like really close and to where we were like inseparable like he had a boot camp in the mornings before school started and then he used to pick me up from my house take me to the boot camp workout with his like um class and then take me to school like that oh was after God. that was after he stopped working there That was like the next year but while he was working there you know i just used to smell his cologne in the hallway <laughs> and stuff and I was like oh my god I smell him like he's here you know walking through the (laughs) hall (laughs) it was so weird it's so weird to think about but I never although I believed it as a 15 year old Uh it's still hard for me to believe that that evolved into a real adult relationship however many years later you know it happened like what Okay, if I was 15 and the relationship happened or started when I was 23 going on 24, yeah. no, 20, was I 24 going on 20? No, I was 23 going on 24.
1: You know what I'm saying? How? Who knew? Right. Yeah, honestly, for me, like I related to that so much. Not that that happened to me exactly, but I related it, to it so much because, like, that could happen to anybody. Like, I remember being in high school and I used to be like, oh, you know, my, my uh social studies teacher's kind of fine or whatever. Like, like mm-hmm. what if, you know? And yeah. for it to actually happen to you, like, when she was telling me this, I was just like, you need to go to, like, Dateline. Take this story <laughs> to, like, 2020. Like, everybody needs to hear about it. Yeah. It's just crazy ass story i wanted to talk about how like the term narcissist came Mm. into play with that relationship
0: okay so of course like during the course of our relationship i didn't even know what a narcissist was of course like maybe we've all heard the term narcissist at some point in our lives Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but We all think of a narcissist as a person that's obsessed with themselves or just all into themselves or maybe selfish, somebody that's self-centered and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But there's something called NPD, which stands for Narcissistic Personality Disorder. And it's basically a narcissist on 10. Like they literally can't help themselves. And the way I found out about it was through one of my friends, one of my closest friends that I met at another job. We're still friends; it's very close. And she was with me throughout the duration of that relationship, and mm-hmm. so she knew every fight we had, you know, every good time, bad time, whatever. I used to tell her everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, when everything finally. Came to a head and we went our separate ways, and I was going through it and stuff. I had finally got my apartment and everything. And one day she just sent me this link to a TikTok video, Mm -hmm. and it was a TikTok video that I watched. And it was, she was like, Does this look familiar? And it was a lady on there that was talking about different things about a narcissist. And they was like, You know, do you ever find yourself questioning if Something actually yeah. happened, you know, mm-hmm. basically gaslighting is when a narcissist starts gaslighting you. Like mm. something will happen and you know it happened, but yeah. then they'll tell it and tell it to a point where no that didn't happen i didn't have on a red shirt i had on a blue shirt what are you talking about i don't Mm. even own a red shirt you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying it's like you start questioning yourself like was it blue or was it red you know
1: (laughs) yeah it's the mind tricks
0: (laughs) um mind games like so i was like oh my god like and then the more videos i watched on it the more i realized that i was dealing with the narcissist and that's honestly how i gained closure Because for the longest time, like after that, I just could not understand what just happened. And when I saw that, it made me feel... It it was like a weight lifted off of me. Like it made me feel so much better to understand what I was dealing with. Because after everything you know how he was started telling lies on me and started trying to make other people think I was crazy like telling people I was bipolar and I was a liar and stuff like that basically that's a part of a narcissist where they start discrediting you so Mm -hmm. they make people think that they start putting lies and stories out about you to -hmm. make other people not believe you when you start telling them what actually happened right so, basically, the way he was trying to discredit me was by saying I was crazy and that I had a, a disorder and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, it will be like, oh, no, this bitch is crazy.
1: You right. know what I'm saying? So, whatever. Right. Who's going to believe her? <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember you telling me something that blew my fucking mind because, you know, guys, honestly, if when you hear, like, the term narcissist, like, you think it's, I don't know, I just thought it was, like, some regular, smegular sh- shit, like... You know, some people have it, some people don't. But you'll be surprised, like, there's people out here that are real life, like, narcissists. And it could be anybody. Like, it could be your mom. Like, mm-hmm. I, as you were, like, giving me examples of this when, when we would talk at work and stuff. Akina made me realize that, I'll, and I'll talk about this in a whole another episode. But Akina made me realize that even my mom is a fucking narcissist. Like, mm. and I'll make a whole separate episode about that. But you guys need to do, like, your research and realize that this is really anybody like it could be Mm -hmm. your sister your mom your grandma like anybody one thing i remember about this too is i remember you saying that a narcissist will try to pit people against you Mm -hmm. to try to like manipulate them into thinking that you're the bad guy and (laughs) that is crazy as hell because Honestly guys, I know a couple people that do that, like they'll, they'll try to, they'll try their very hardest to keep two specific people away from each other, never in the same room. Because once they get do get together, they'll start talking and mm-hmm. they won't say the things that the narcissist wants them to talk about.
0: Yes, yes. It's called control and it's called triangulation. They actually mm. have a real term for it. See? It's called triangulation. Mm-hmm. So basically, my triangulation story um, started with another woman. So this woman mm. was actually uh, one of my fellow classmate's mother mm-hmm. and before we ever got into a relationship I didn't like her and I didn't know why <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: like it, it starts off like this person I don't like them but I can't even tell you why And so it's like okay now knowing what I know now he made he would tell me little things you know or do things with her in my face. And it would kind of be like, why, you know, why is she acting like that with him when they're not in a relationship? Because he had already told me they're not together, Mm -hmm. but he told her that they were. So, of course, she's going to be flirting with him and talking to him and touching him in some type of way. And in my mind, I'm like, why is she all up on him? You know, why, you know? Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, they have a whole relationship going on. And then with you, it's like, well, he told me they're not together. They never had a relationship, and this bitch is just crazy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, bitch, back up for my man. <laughs> right. So from that point, it was just like, I don't like her.
1: <laughs> so,
0: yeah, yeah and, and then it just got to a point where we don't want to be in the same the same room together so that we won't start talking. I have a whole another. I have a whole episode that I'm going to do on that because mm-hmm. his sister was involved in kind of
1: keeping us apart when I mm. lived there. So we'll get Not another that. narcissist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm fucking dead. So I want to, okay, this is, uh, is kind of off topic, but, In your last episode that you did of in the Dark, you were talking about somebody... I don't know if it was the same girl, chick you were just talking about, but you said somebody was laid up in the same bed as the Nark. And you said that you were just like, Oh, well, you know, I'm just going to let them sleep together or something like that. Like, (laughs) it's whatever. And I just want to let you know while I was hearing that, my blood was fucking boiling. (laughs) Yours. Yes, because listen... (laughs) It's so crazy because if you guys listen to her episode, you'll be like, how did she even let, you know, how did she even let that happen? But you guys have to understand that when all this shit is going down, like all that shit that happened to Kina, like you think you would act a certain way, but because you're in it. You're just like, oh, like, you know, this is my relationship. Like, I have to protect it at all costs. I don't know. I just felt it so hard to believe, like, you know, that you would let that happen. But you have to realize that you're in that relationship and you can't do nothing about it. Yeah, well, that was actually a
0: whole nother person. That wasn't even the person I was just talking about. That was another. That was an old lady. Okay. Mm -hmm. In my eyes. Like, she was maybe like five or six seven years older than him or something like that if I remember mm-hmm. correctly and she was battling something health wise so I was just like oh he's just helping somebody he's helping a friend and stuff like that and mm-hmm. it's like whatever but why is she in a negligee and why is she walking around with her <laughs> robe on and stuff like that you know uh-huh. And so it was just like, whatever, you know, this is, this is just his friend or something like that. So, mm-hmm. cause I'm in my mind, I'm like, bitch, I'm 10 times, I'm young, I'm vibrant, I'm fine. Like there's right. no way he's sleeping with this woman. So it's like, whatever, I'll let them mm-hmm. do whatever. And then on top of that, they've already, he's already established with me that this is what it is. And, you know, remember that episode I, I was talking about the alpha male. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and him being in control of things so yeah. it's like okay I, I trust i trust that this there's nothing going on because he told me that there's nothing going on so there's no reason for me to question it although i was still questioning right in the back of my mind mm-hmm. but i didn't like it but outwardly i'm just like okay whatever nothing's mm-hmm. happening
1: I think a lot of this that comes to play also is the age difference, the major Mm -hmm. age difference. And I know you've mentioned before in your podcast as well that that does play a huge factor in this, even with the manipulation and being a narcissist too, because a lot of these narcissists, they take advantage of People that are younger you guys His age difference was a lot you said you were 15 when you first met him is that correct yeah mm-hmm. and he was like 50 in his 50s No, he was
0: 40s? he was 30 30 oh, years shit. older than me so if i was 15 he was 45
1: okay and yeah. the way I
0: found out is, I asked him what his birthday was. I asked him how old he was. I used to ask him a lot of questions. Yeah, then I used to ask. I asked him if he had kids because I was just planning our life together in my head. Right, like, am I gonna be a step one? You know. <laughs> i <laughs> asked him so many personal questions uh-huh. and it, i don't know now knowing like what i know it's kind of weird that he mm-hmm. would even entertain that you know what i'm saying right but yeah that's how
1: that started i wanted to ask you why do you think narcissists try to go for younger people
0: oh it's exactly what you said manipulation and basically Control.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, if you have a person that's much younger than you, of course, they have experienced nearly as much life as you have.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, being in the position that he was as a teacher, someone in authority, and also older than me, an adult, so someone, you know, another authority. Figure mm-hmm. To somebody as young as a 15 year old or a person in high school, you're automatically going to respect them and trust their opinions and thoughts on things. Mm-hmm. So basically, looking at them for guidance, you know, so they're supposed to know best, right? So mm-hmm. just like a doctor or a lawyer or a judge or any anybody in a position of power. And if you notice, a lot of rich people, billionaires, and people in power are narcissistic. Mm -hmm. You have to be the, to even, you know, because they step on people to get to the top. Right. You know, know, I think it's just a more of a, you're able to control a person that's younger than you. Cause shoot, think about it. Us at our big age, we can look at a six year old and tell them something and they're going to believe us. Right. You know, they're going to do what we say do because we're supposed to be the person in control because we're much older. So we're supposed to know more. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. And then in the beginning of our relationship, I just remember him using my age against me a lot. Mm -hmm. So anytime we would argue or I would disagree with him on something, he was like, oh, you're just immature. Oh, you're, you know, you need to grow up. That was his favorite thing he used to say to me. You need to grow up. You need to grow up, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, if I need to grow up, why are you with me? (laughs) Like, why are why is your old ass with me? Mm -hmm. Go find somebody your own age. And that's another thing. Usually people his age can't pull a person their age because a person their age would know better.
1: Right. You know what I'm saying?
0: And do better. Mm -hmm. So they can't control somebody their age. So that's really what it's all about. Control (laughs) and manipulation.
1: Okay, so we're going to skip a little bit to obviously you guys ended up in a relationship do you want to kind of touch on what happened what went down the day that it actually happened like you guys being intimate and all the details oh uh, yeah so <laughs> just a little course. bit because because you guys she does talk about this in her last episode so make sure you guys check that out
0: <laughs> so yeah so basically um up until that point I guess tensions had built up like you know what I'm saying it was like you know how you have a crush on somebody for so long and then you just don't ever think it's ever gonna go anywhere but you're hot for that person like you think they're so hot so of course some things they wear or do turns you on Mm -hmm. so finally when I became of age I started dating this other guy and when I started dating him I noticed he couldn't stand him, and he had no reason to not stand him in that moment because I never introduced them, never told him anything bad about him or anything. It was just automatically, she's getting serious with this guy, and now I don't like him. It was like, why do you care? You know what I'm saying? So that just made me feel like maybe he did know that I used to have a crush on him mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of was felt like he was being replaced in the sense. So after all that went down where I broke up with my ex before him and stuff. And I told him that's when he took that opportunity and jumped on it. So that's when he started courting (laughs) me like super hard. Like that's another thing about a narcissist. They love bomb you. So whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, you've shown them that you like, they'll do their best to try to accommodate or entertain that. So, you know you love bomb them or shower somebody with something that they love all the time it makes them fall for you head over heels and that's exactly what happened to me in that first week when we started dating mm-hmm. so after that I was like oh my god like I don't know if I manifested this too but the night before we did it like I literally remember sitting there thinking we're gonna have sex the next day and i was like oh my god i wonder if (laughs) i wonder if he likes it shaved
1: or if he likes it hairy." i remember you saying that (laughs) yo when she was telling me this story i was cracking up dying laughing because she was like she was like yeah i made sure to shave the cootie cat and everything (laughs) like You can't go
0: wrong with shaving, so I'm just going to go ahead and shave. And so I did that or whatever, and it was summertime, so I was like, you know, I'm going to be sweating, so I got to, you know, keep it slim and trim. Uh So I was like, you know, let me, you know, let me mow the lawn. So I mowed the lawn. (laughs) And then... I made sure like the next day I knew I was going to hang out with him because we hung out damn near every day. Mm. So my ass strategically put on these yoga pants. I had mm-hmm. on some black <laughs> yoga pants. I was skinny <laughs> as fuck, by the way. Like I probably weighed like 112 pounds at the time. <laughs> and so my ass got on these yoga pants trying to gather as little booty as I could. <laughs> so...
1: Trying to poke I'm, that little thing out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep, trying to try to get my little booty in order and so i wore i wore that or whatever mm-hmm. and when we hung out that day like he had me doing hard labor in his yard and i'll touch on that mm-hmm. in my, my podcast too but it was a lot of that going on but had me doing hard labor in his yard so i'm all sweaty and stuff and i'm like oh my god like I don't want to sweat because I don't want to be funky like (laughs) for tonight. (laughs) So we
1: (laughs) stay. So
0: I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Okay, whatever." So I tried, although I was doing hard labor, like I was trying to stay fresh all day. Mm -hmm. So taking trips to the bathroom and stuff like that, like just getting myself together. Mm So, finally, that night, he was acting like he didn't want to take me home. It was like he Mm -hmm. knew in his mind that it was going down that night, too. So he just stayed in the bed like we were in his room and i was like sitting on a bench in front of his bed and he was laying on his bed and i'm like why is he on the bed laying down you know and got me really sitting in front of this tv after breaking my back all day like what the hell Uh huh. so he's laying <laughs> down with a pillow over his head and stuff like that And I was like, um, getting really tired. Like, he tired, he wore my ass down. I think about maybe (laughs) two hours of me sitting there. Like, I don't know if it was strategy, like, oh, I'm gonna. It was, it was probably strategized. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like he purposely wore me down to do Mm -hmm. what he wanted to do. Yeah. So, cause, like, after sitting on his bench in front of his bed he called me over he was like Kina come here so I was like okay so I walked over to the side of his bed and he was like sit down so he slid over a little bit and I sat down like I was sitting on the beside him on the edge of the bed and then so my back is hurting and stuff like that and mm-hmm. so I'm like slumped over and I'm like oh my god like but I didn't say anything cause I'm like I'm sitting next to him like on his bed so of course I'm yeah. like risking it all <laughs> right now <laughs> right so, so then he like I was like, "Oh my God, my back, my back hurt. My back is hurting, or whatever." So he like grabs a pillow next to him, not even looking at me. Like he's still like laying on his back with his face covered with another pillow. So he grabs uh-huh. the pillow and puts it like on his. Uh, across his waist or whatever across down below his body and nudges mm-hmm. for me to lean, lean over on it so I'm like okay so I'm still uncomfortable but since he nudging me I'm gonna go ahead and do it so <laughs> yeah. I'm like laying here on his, on his waist and then he starts rubbing my booty he Ooh. starts rubbing my booty y'all so <laughs> for some reason I'm still not grasping that this is actually happening like He's rubbing my booty. You were booty just like, oh, it's just another time. day. <laughs> yeah, it's just okay. Like, it's nah, this is not happening. You know what I'm saying? It's just so far fetched to me mm-hmm. that I still didn't believe reality. So he's rubbing my booty, and I started getting hot, and then he turned the TV off. So it's pitch black mm-hmm. in the room. So this is when I started feeling something poking through the pillow. And I'm oh, like, shit. Is that what I think it is? I was like, uh-huh. no. I was like, no, there's no way. I was like, oh my God, like it's throbbing through the pillow. So <laughs> that's when I knew. I was like, oh my God. I was like, it's it's happening. So then he oh, started So God. then his his hand went down to my vagina and like his <laughs> touched it. And when he touched it, all best you, were you pillow. <laughs> It was like, ting ting, like (laughs) lights went off. The pillow was removed. The pants came off, and
1: you threw your panties in the air.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everything went down after that, so.
1: Yeah that was was
0: pretty much
1: the first time That's a shit cause honestly Like guys y'all have to think about If this shit went down like for y'all Like just imagine the hottest teacher In your school you know for sure If this shit happened like you're gonna go Through with it like you just say fuck it And especially if it's something That you've been manifesting And telling everybody their mama about Like this is something that you wanted For a very long time But y'all gotta keep in mind after that like it was basically manipulation even before that yeah and especially I remember you saying that you did live with Palpatine or Palpatine Palpatine. so I got that name from Star
0: Wars yeah his old ass if y'all watch Star Wars y'all know who I'm talking about
1: you did mention that it wasn't just him living in the house you lived with him his sister her big back ass can I say that (laughs)
0: and call it what it is
1: and her uh his mom and whoever else was up and down running through the house that must have been hard because guys if y'all don't know i mean i will talk about it in another episode but i also lived with one of my exes well not lived correction i stayed At his house for a couple days a week And Mm -hmm. y'all living with Somebody's family is not it Like just too Mm -hmm. much fucking drama goes on Y'all do not want that And they're always Um, in your business Right I feel like My biggest question Like obviously you guys Is dated and all but what did your friends think about this? Like, what did you tell your mom? Like, what happened?
0: Okay, so to this day, I have not told my mom. I'm pretty sure she's figured it out by now. But <laughs> I really didn't tell many people in my family. Um, my friends definitely knew. Like, I don't have very many friends. I don't consider everybody my friend. Like, I feel like that word is so overused. People just calling people their friends, you know, just because they know them. But no, Mm -hmm. like my friends, I can count them on one hand. So um, my, my very close friends knew about it and they didn't like that he was keeping me a secret. I think that was the biggest thing that I had to kind of battle with when it came to my friends. Right. Especially in the beginning, they was like, oh, you know, why can't you... Tell anybody about this because you know, mm-hmm. imagine dating somebody exclusively. Because I'm I don't cheat, like, once I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah. So, imagine being with somebody for seven years and not being able to go out on couples' dates, not being able to, you know, just do normal things that couples do. I was deprived right. of that for seven years. Mm-hmm. So, my friends were like, you know. My friend in California specifically, she was just like, are you his little plaything? Like, you know, I feel like he's just using you for his own purposes Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting what he wants, but you're not getting what you want. You know, you want a family, you want to be married one day, you want to, you know, be able to share your man, you know, with everybody. You want to be able to hold hands in public
2: Mm -hmm. and stuff
0: like that. And I wasn't able to do any of that, so... That's really what my friends didn't like about it, and neither did I, but the whole explanation for why he kept me a secret was this whole time um, because of the fact of how we met, which he met me when I was 15 in high mm-hmm. school as my teacher, so the first thing that's going to jump to somebody's mind was, oh, he was fucking with her when she was 15, like right. a child molester, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, and of course, I didn't want that. He didn't want that. And it was just like, okay, well, my friends don't think that, but we're both grown. So why can't we be out with our relationship? Mm -hmm. But I think he had, his motives were really beyond that. And basically, since he's playing everybody left and right, you know, he got to keep all his relationships a secret because even during the duration, even before then, even before I ever was ever involved with him or ever thought about being involved with him nobody Mm -hmm. ever knew who he was dating like that like it Mm -hmm. was always some secretive shit going on with his personal life Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and for somebody who was so influential and so charming and everybody loved so much everybody was trying to figure out why isn't this man married yet Mm -hmm. why why aren't you married you know that was the question that he always got from a lot of people Cause he's such a great guy you know why mm-hmm. why hasn't somebody snatched you up by now right but
1: now we know little did little keenan know <laughs> that there was eight to nine bitches all around across the whole u.s literally literally <laughs> oh, in canada so fucking and canada i don't remember that part what the hell yes so <laughs> I'm revealing
0: it here exclusively on the oh, Blanco Takeover. The <laughs> so there's an episode on my podcast where I'm talking about this girl that was, you know, I was giving the business to on the mat mm-hmm. or yeah. whatever, and nobody ever knew that they were involved. That bitch mm-hmm. was from Canada, and he married her, mm-hmm. um, according to him, so that she could have her citizenship here. Wow, but um, come to find out, I'm gonna reveal some some other stuff because, mm-hmm. like you said, I have receipts.
1: Yeah, she so... does. She does, guys. <laughs> she had. Wait, I'm gonna say something real quick. Mm-hmm. Kina keeps every single type <laughs> of receipt. You could imagine, like, I want to say something out here so bad, but I didn't get her permission on it before, so I'm not going to say it. But when I tell you she has everything, and I know she's laughing because she knows what I'm talking about. She has every single receipt you could possibly think of. And this goes back to me telling y'all I thought she was playing and she was just talking out her ass the whole time when she was telling me all of this. No, she has proof of everything. Every single story, timestamps, names, addresses, like everything you can fucking think as she has. Yeah, Yeah. and you know why? I have
0: receipts, and this is another sign that you're probably dating a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Because they manipulate you so much and gaslight you so much where you feel like you have to keep receipts. Wow. Because... It's always something with them. Like, you say one thing, and it's another thing. And it's like, no, it happened this way. Right. And you literally keep re- start keeping record of things because they're lying all the time. Mm-hmm and you know even in the beginning stages of our relationship when he was trying to tell me to delete my text messages Mm -hmm. that made me suspicious so I started keeping my text messages I was like why do you want me to delete who cares that I've never told my man to delete his text messages from me you know what I'm saying so Mm -hmm. why would you even tell somebody that if you don't have anything to hide so I was like nah motherfucker I'm about to keep every single picture text voicemail phone call And turns out I really needed it because this motherfucker told one of his girls, one of his women, Mm -hmm. that he could sue me for defamation, y'all. And in order to defame somebody, you (laughs) have to be lying on them. Right. And I can prove that I'm not lying. Yeah. These are not
1: allegations, by the way, guys. (laughs) These are not
0: allegations. These, everything can be backed up. Everything. So, Mm -hmm. um... Needless to say, I you know, that's why I've decided to go ahead forward with the podcast because even if, you know, something comes out of this where, you know, somebody feels like they're being lied on, mm-hmm. I still have, you know, ample records and proof and stuff and I i had to use that proof because you know when he was going around telling lies about me and saying that i was making shit up that we were never in a relationship i literally had to whip out this proof Mm -hmm. and show it to some people right and it was like oh shit like nah bruh, she got receipts (laughs) and he literally asked one of them what exactly does she have and he told me he didn't tell him um Mm -hmm what he saw, what I showed him. And I'm glad he didn't because he don't need to know what I have.
1: Right. I feel like if y'all are as confused as I was thinking why she stayed in that relationship for seven years, you have to realize that when you truly love somebody in that moment, like you're willing to do anything for that person. She did kind of like mention how she did stay in the house with him And, you know, she was actually taking care of his uh, mother at the time. And, you know, that just shows you really do anything for somebody that you care about for seven years. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. all these things that are coming up now that you're probably thinking like, oh, that was red flag number 47. Like, why are you still (laughs) with him? Because she truly cared about that person. Like, there's no other way around it
0: yeah he had already like marked his place in my heart before we ever even got involved like we were mm-hmm. just friends you got to remember this is the person i knew for 16 years like right. not seven 16 so i had already bonded formed a relationship with this man trusted and liked him and stuff and yeah we had our arguments as friends and stuff like that but i had already Sealed a place for him in my heart. So when he asked me to do certain things for him, it was like a no-brainer. Like, of course I'm gonna do it, you know, for you because I love you. But meanwhile, he his motive was I'm gonna use the fuck out of her because she likes me, right? And I know she'll do it, you know,
1: right? And even back to what you said a little bit before, talking about how he was like keeping you a secret um, for so many years. You guys, I related to that in so many ways. Just because when you're in a relationship, sometimes your partner isn't even out yet. So you have Mm. to be that secret. So I related to that so much. And it's the worst feeling ever. And you kind of ask yourself, like, am I not good enough? Like, like you don't understand why. But now we know. Now we know.
0: Speaking on um, not being good enough. Like, I remember, you know, just being... You know, the fact that I'm so much younger than him, I just remember regretting or feeling a way about me being so young. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't I be born, you know? In this day or this time, wow. why, mm-hmm. why can't I be 40? You know, maybe maybe we could all be happy if I was just much older. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I should never have ever been made to
1: feel like that. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm telling y'all, y'all have to tune into her podcast. Like she, I know she kind of touched on some things on this episode, but she goes in depth in her like all her episodes and she has some good shit coming up. Y'all got to tune into her <laughs> podcast. I wanted to talk about what made you start your podcast.
0: What made me start it is you. You basically influenced me. I never thought to share any of this. When I started telling Blocko about this story, his reaction was basically, this is huge and you need to, this can be a Tyler Perry seven part yes, series <laughs> like yes. Netflix can series <laughs> yeah yeah and you know shit uh, Oprah worthy interview because literally the stuff that I went through I really I know I can't be the only one now this is not. crazy but I cannot be the only one and I feel like a lot of stuff that I share is stuff that people wouldn't be willing to share because it's so intimate it's so you know it's like You sound like a fool, but then you're, you're, you know, it's like, why would you, why would you stay, like, looking from the outside, if somebody was telling this to me, I would be like, girl, why would you, why would you stay in that? (laughs) Like, are you dumb? But, you know, no, like, I literally have play by play how I came out of this situation, how I ended up defeating this narc and. You know, I have so much advice for anybody that's dealing with a narcissist and how I moved forward because you'd Mm -hmm. be surprised. It's been people in relationships with narcissists for 40 years, 30 years, married to them, having babies with them, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's hard. It's really hard to get out of a controlling ass relationship, period. Mm-hmm. So you know, I definitely have a lot to say about that and how I move forward from it, and mm-hmm. how I'm coping with it. And this podcast is definitely giving me some closure. It's it's healing, it's motivational, it's uplifting, mm-hmm. and you influenced it all. Like if it <laughs> weren't for you, this podcast would not be happening because I never oh. thought to to podcast.
1: Ever. <laughs> and you guys like it's so funny to me because even though she's saying i started it but i honestly feel like you did just because i like we always talked about just like talking about our life and stuff and i think i maybe i brought up the idea of a podcast but i just felt like you had a way bigger story than i could ever tell and so for you to be this fearless to you know share your your personal life stories with us is honestly amazing like i find yeah. that so motivating
0: oh thank you
1: and like i said it is full circle for us because we i'm telling y'all we always talked about you know doing this and we're here we're finally doing get together yeah it's we're so doing dope. it
0: <laughs> <laughs> bloopers and all y'all
1: <laughs> <laughs> right the vibe on her podcast is so dope like I don't know if you kind of, like, switched up the formula, but in the last episode that I had listened from you, like... The vibe was so dope. I know like every podcast has their own vibe, but yours I love because to me it's kind of like a nighttime vibe, like a night show. Yeah. she has like little uh like lo-fi music playing in the background. And she had like little birds chirping in the background. Like it, it really <laughs> made me feel so relaxed. Like even on her podcast, like her voice is so soft spoken and like the way she she tells her story like y'all know I be going out rants and stuff and just like skipping stories and shit no she has like receipts for everything she remembers everything word for word love your podcast you like for real for real. oh thank
0: you so much and thank don't
1: you think so I, much. I don't want anybody to think i'm just kissing her ass because i like y'all know i'm real as fuck like i do not sugarcoat shit definitely <laughs> definitely No, I believe every word you're saying. And I wanted to talk about, I think in the very first episode, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you stating something about you like doing the podcast not because you feel like you're a victim but because you wanted to tell your story
0: yes that's very true i'm not claiming to be a victim at all however i was victimized but mm-hmm. no i'm using this as a way of empowering people like i never want to be labeled as a victim i want to be labeled as somebody that survived a arc like mm-hmm. if anything i'm I'm the one that defeated you. Like, you didn't defeat me at all. Like, I'm gonna take this story and help as many people as I possibly can. If I can reach at least one person, I've done Mm -hmm. my job. Because I feel like people make their mistakes when they go through things and gatekeep. Right. And, you know, it's really not helping anybody for you to do that. You know, even victims of rape, child abuse. Right. um, I don't know, any any type of, you know, victim or something. When you're keeping that stuff to yourself, your story, basically what happened to you and, you know, your trauma is all it's going to be. It's never going to be anything, you know, other than that. And I feel like that's very powerful when you can take something that's happened to you. And use it for good, and not make it be in vain. Mm-hmm. So everything that happened to me is not going to go in vain. It's going to be used to help people uplift people, uplift myself, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. make something of it. You know that seven years is not going to waste. I learned mm-hmm. a lot from it, and I'm gonna make sure it never happens to me again. Mm-hmm. And um, I can tell you, I am in a healthy, you know, relationship with someone that's mm-hmm. able to understand me and grow and if we need counseling we're willing to get it and stuff because honestly after that last relationship like i literally had to go to therapy Mm -hmm. i wanted to go to therapy so that i wouldn't hurt the next person i was involved with because you know i i don't want to be that person to somebody And um, if I can help another person, that's what this podcast and
1: everything and me sharing my story is all about. So what are some events that led you to confirm that you were dating a narcissist?
0: Well, I mean, so many can come to mind when I think about the things that he did to gaslight me and his reactions to certain things that I confronted him about. So one thing you don't do is confront a narcissist about anything because (laughs) if you confront a narcissist about something they're going to flip their shit because in their heads they've lost control of you. Mm -hmm. And if they feel like they're losing control of you they have to quickly get it back. And the way they get it back is to flip their shit. So I was just going to tell you like okay one of the stories that come to mind towards the end of that crazy ass relationship he had been acting out for like a week like it was just non-stop bullshit like like i said you know when he flew from hawaii to texas to me when he came back that week he was acting so strange it was it was just ridiculous so in the course of me trying to figure out like what this man was up to because his behavior that's another way you can tell somebody's fucking with you or mm-hmm. fucking over you is when their behavior starts to change towards you. Mm. Um, it's discarding, it's the discarding stage of mm. uh, narcissistic relationships. Write this down, they, guys. <laughs> when they start <laughs> discarding you, is you know, they usually start acting out or changing their behavior or acting mean to you and stuff like that. So basically, it's day i was looking for a charger for one of my products one of my i think an iphone charger or something i needed a new one i have so many apple products that i just have like cords everywhere like that i haven't even used yet and i needed a new one so i was looking for my cord um that i knew i had in the drawer so i had a pair of beats headphones and a brand new apple cable in it and so i went in the drawer, And moved some clothes out the way. And in the back of the drawer, I knew that um, box was back there. And when I pulled the box, when I lifted the box to get my head, I mean, not my headphones, my cord, there was a condom underneath the box. Mm. And (laughs) I know, you know, that condom wasn't there because I put the box there. You know what I'm saying? It was my box. So... And I was living in that room, so I knew like what was in there and where everything was and stuff like that. So that yeah. condom had just landed there. So his dumbass went in the drawer, put that condom underneath my box, and covered it up with my panties and stuff and went on about his day. Oh my god! And honestly, this has to be divine because. I have so many cables and cords everywhere why would i go in a drawer to my box that had been there for probably two years
2: wow. to get a,
0: co- a cable you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying so i honestly feel like it was divine intervention like it was just time for this shit to come to a head so i got the box and when i saw the condom i grabbed it and i just sat on the bed because i was floored like literally like heart beating why is this condom here? We haven't used condoms in like six years. Yeah. So it was like, huh? Like, where did this come from? So I'm sitting there, and then this motherfucker walks into the room with a salad from Chick Fil A, asking me if I want a bite. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, huh? So <laughs> I'm holding this condom in my hand, and I was like, where did this come from? And he was like, Oh, it was in my bag. You want you want some salad?
1: What the fuck? Literally
0: tried to move past it so fast to throw me off, and I'm like, no, no, motherfucker! Like you're gonna answer my question? Not today. <laughs> Not today. Why? You know why is this here? You, I was like, your bag. What bag? And he was like, oh, it was in my gym bag. And I was like, why was it in your gym bag? And he was like, oh, put it there. And I was like, why would put a condom in your bag? And so He he told me Because back then it was like during COVID Type season or whatever Where everybody mm-hmm. was wearing masks and stuff Yeah He told me that packed mm-hmm. A bag of masks And put a um condom in the bag So I guess he wanted to protect his face And his fucking dick So he put a condom in the bag With the mask And mm-hmm. you know That was his excuse Come to find out the guy's name that he used Was the girl So anytime he would reference The girl that that was Over there with him mm-hmm. He would use that guy's name Oh so, my god <laughs> And the way I figured this out Was finally when everything When I confronted him about the, the Thing and every, everything blew up And I left mm-hmm. um, He told me this guy Took him out for Father's Day He used mm-hmm. his name again come to find out she took him out for Father's Day so that's when it clicked like oh she's I'm just gonna call him Will she's Mm -hmm. Will you know what I'm saying so Will which is his girl put the condom in the bag Mm -hmm. Will which is his girl took him out for Father's Day so it just started making sense so but right then in that moment it was like why would You know what I'm saying? Just didn't make sense. And I knew he was lying. So after that, I just started crying. Like I went outside. I sat on the back porch and I was like bawling, crying for like an hour. And Mm -hmm. he was texting and calling me, asking me if I wanted to get something to eat, like acting like nothing happened and stuff like that. And, you know, come on, like okay, I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry you found it, or something like that, he said, I would have to go back to my receipts and figure out what, you know, what text he sent me in those moments, and I'll, you know, touch on that in my podcast, but
2: Mm -hmm.
0: he just started basically, you know, trying to move past it, and when he saw that I wasn't moving past it, he got upset, like, really upset, Mm -hmm. and I was in college at the time, so I'm sitting, you know, after I dried my tears up, probably like a day later, I think it was the next day, I was sitting in the kitchen with my iPad doing some work. And he walked in there and he was like pacing back and forth, silently pacing back and forth. And I'm just like ignoring him because I'm like, I don't have shit to say to you, you know? Right. So then he was like, I've been trying to talk to you for three days. And I'm, like, still ignoring him, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, thinking to myself, <laughs> this motherfucker is crazy. So, <laughs> so he's like, I've been trying to talk to you for three days. You're going to talk to me. And when he said that, I picked up, I closed my iPad. I picked up my stuff, and I walked out. I started walking toward the door. You know, I was going to go outside, take a walk or whatever, get away from him. Mm. This motherfucker literally is chasing me down. <laughs> so, fuck? he's running Yes, he's running behind me. And then when I got like down the stairs and stuff, he starts running behind me and he like grabbed my arm. He grabbed my arm and I was like, This is he has never ever grabbed me in that manner ever. Mm-hmm. So that was something new for me. And I was just like, What am I gonna have to fight this motherfucker? Like, <laughs> you know, so I snatched my arm away from him. And when I pulled my arm away from him, that's when he turned around, ran back up the stairs, went and got the rental key that I had for my rental. Cause, like I said, I was in a car accident, so I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. So he got my rental car key and sped off down the driveway in my rental car and left (laughs) because you got to remember he didn't live there um anymore either so you know when he visits georgia from hawaii he would always rent a car but since i had one he didn't have to that time
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know so he took my rental car keys and got the hell out of there and then started texting me when he got to wherever he was hiding at we reached a conclusion but you know always in the back of my mind i had that he he's definitely doing something and i'm gonna find out what the fuck he's doing
1: y'all need to check out her podcast again because she is gonna tell the story of what went down Cause this isn't even what went down, like how she found out everything. So you guys have to check that out on her podcast. I don't even know how you survived so many years. Like, <laughs> I don't either. I I'm still
0: baffled by my damn self. Like, I honestly can't even tell you how I lasted that long. Like. Mm-hmm it wasn't even just him that i had to deal with it was him his sister his his nephew his niece his mom like Mm -hmm. all these people had something about them that was so toxic and draining
1: yeah
0: um and i think it all evolved from the matriarch of the family Mm -hmm. to be honest and i'll get into that at another time But mm-hmm. um, Definitely I feel like Everybody's Fucked up Personalities In that house mm-hmm. Came from
1: her What motivates you To like Keep posting episodes Cause I know You do have like All these stories To share But what really Like motivates you Like to keep posting episodes
0: Knowing that I'm eventually Getting to The good stuff Like mm-hmm. It's coming I have a I have a really good story To tell and I'm gonna surprise you guys with some of the receipts or whatever, <laughs> but I'm not gonna say when or how. Um, you. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff coming up, but definitely just knowing that I'm gonna reach somebody. Somebody's gonna see or listen to this podcast. And they're gonna get some help. They're gonna leave whatever narc they're dealing with, or whatever abusive person they're dealing with, or they're gonna, you know, help their friends or their family escape a relationship by sharing the podcast with them. Like, oh my God, this girl went through the same thing. You know, you gotta listen to her, or something like that. You know, something's gonna Mm -hmm. happen where I'm gonna touch somebody. And because I don't want my story to go in vain. I don't want the years of abuse that I endured to go to waste. Like I want to use it for good. So that's what motivates me Mm -hmm. to keep going and keep posting.
1: And I'm sure it's a little bit like healing, like reflecting on, on some of those stories as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely getting my share of healing from it because it's kind of like journaling like mm-hmm. in a sense you know it's time capsule like you're literally recording something that you're able to keep forever and right. it's something that you're able to express yourself faster than you can write even mm-hmm. so you know recording and being able to go back and reminisce and listen to myself and it's also helping me with public speech like right. you know, you <laughs> gotta remember like that's a that's the biggest fear of most people is speaking publicly mm-hmm. so it's helping me in a lot of ways and if i can you know heal from this and it's basically therapeutic like i'm all for it
1: i'm telling y'all this podcast ain't no joke like you really have to have balls to do this shit <laughs> <Yes>. especially like <laughs> keena's story like i mean just anybody but you really have to have big balls you have to not give a fuck what anybody says cuz yes. she Keena, I'm sure you didn't had no idea who was gonna listen to your story, who was gonna tune mm-hmm. in to your podcast. You have to share this story to help out anybody that's going through the same thing or have mm-hmm. gone through the same thing.
0: Yeah, and the key to it is not holding back. Like it's so hard not to not gatekeep and oh, I'm not gonna share that because that's too embarrassing. Or, right. I don't want I don't want my family to know that I did this or went through this or mm-hmm. what if he listens or what if his friends you know what if somebody I know on the street approaches me about this podcast like honestly you just have to be fearless and you can't hold back because if you hold back you know that one person that you may have touched by not holding back won't be won't be touched anymore you Right. they
1: right. won't
0: benefit because you you held it back so you might as well just go ahead and be open and share and not give a damn what anybody has to say about it and have a good intention behind it. And all my intentions with this podcast is pure.
1: You guys can tell too, like when you listen to her podcast, like I feel like you really tell your story from a factual standpoint to begin with. Mm -hmm. And you just, just state it with facts. Like, you know, all this shit happened to you and I hate to say it, but, you know, shit happens for a reason. And now you're here to tell your story and to share that with the world and uplift yeah. other women that have gone through the same thing.
0: Definitely. And thank you so much for providing this platform for me to get <laughs> my story out there and to promote and stuff like that. I really appreciate it because you're helping to like You know, you realize that this is not something to take lightly Mm because a whole lot of people are going through it every day. Mm -hmm. So if we can get it out there, let's do it.
1: Right, right, right. So, one more thing before we go. So, what is next for your podcast?
0: My podcast, I definitely, like I said, want to start incorporating some of these receipts. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm definitely going to eventually get into the juicy part that, you know, even had you shocked and appalled and clutching your pearls.
1: I was clutching my pearls. (laughs) I jumped out my fucking chair.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because I'm going to be clutching my pearls while I'm telling this story, too. So <laughs> I guess we all going to be clenching our pearls. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to get into the more juicy parts. I can't wait to share that with you guys. And also, you know, I plan on doing another season with another mm-hmm. person um, right. that I was involved with. Um, and definitely, like, after that, you know, having guests and stuff on my podcast and mm-hmm just evolving from there and see where it goes that's oh, what's shit. next
1: oh my god i'm so excited for all of that to come out kina like you yeah. have no idea y'all <laughs> this shit is so dope like i can't yeah. wait for y'all to tune into her episodes again i did have her link posted on the description down below any last words kina anything else you want to say before we go um
0: i just want to thank you guys for listening and anybody that goes over to Narc in the dark and starts listening From the Blanco Takeover. Thank you guys so much for supporting. You know, share, comment, get involved. It can really be a a great movement. I definitely will be back, I'm sure, at the Blanco Takeover. Yep, she sure Um, will. (laughs)
1: Once she drops that bomb (laughs) on her podcast, she's going to come right back over here and we're going to talk about it. Best believe. Yes.
0: So tune in, guys, so you can keep up and... Just keep listening and sharing, and let's let's make it a a movement and a thing. And thank you guys so much. Thank you, Blanco,
1: for having me. Well, thank you, Kina, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. This wraps up today's episode. Don't forget we're both on Apple Podcasts now. Her podcast is linked in the description down below. If you like this podcast, make sure you to rate it five stars on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at SadBoyBlanco for more content and updates. And follow Kina's Instagram is gonna be down below in the description. Hope to see you guys soon. I will be posting next week. Bye.
0: It's the Blanco
2: takeover.